Welcome to the Conscious Consulting Podcast, bringing together wisdom, leadership and consulting. My name is Julia Cullen and I'm co-founder of Conscious Consulting Group. In this podcast episode, we look into the deeper dimension of beauty and explore why true beauty is an expression of intuition and intention and why beauty can even save the world. Our guest today is Amina Simon. She was born in Bangalore, India, and she had the privilege of living in Lagos, London and Singapore through her formative years. Her deep-rooted interest in art and expressionism eventually manifested in the fashion world, with stints at Prada in London, Saint Laurent in Hong Kong and roles in Paris. Amina presently lives in New Delhi, India, and is brand manager at Faro Botanica and a consultant at CCG. Welcome, Amina. So, hi, Amina. Yeah, we want to talk about beauty. Let's just start into the topic. Why is this an important topic to you? What does it mean? So I feel like if you had asked me to do this podcast on this topic of beauty, even if it was three or four months ago, I probably would have had a very different reaction to it. But I've had my own journey with this word and what it means and all its multiplicity of the meaning of it. And I think that that's really opened me up to understanding what beauty actually means. And it's also brought me to the realization that it's not only necessarily this superficial materialist ideal that we're all aspiring towards, because I think that that is the impression that people get when someone says the word beauty you're automatically associating it with this physical aspect. And that's just because with the way culture is right now, because we're so visually focused as a culture. And even if you look at our technological advancements, the only thing that is actually evolving in making the latest phone the best phone is the camera. They haven't really worked on any of the other features. That is so telling of our culture and how physically focused we are on the visual aspect of things. It's also ableist in a way, but I think that with my journey of learning about what the entirety of the word beauty actually encompasses, it also holds a significant amount of value in terms of spiritual beauty. And this correlation between our inner and outer is lost with the way that society mostly works. And there's very little regard for anything inner, whereas we're always focusing on the outer. So I think that's why we've also been focused on the outer aspects of beauty and not so much on the inner aspect of it, which is what I've come to learn about now. That's already a, a very, I think, useful and interesting distinction to distinct between inner beauty and outer beauty. Do you think if you have lost the connection between the inner and the outer and just look at the outer beauty, is it still beautiful? I mean, is this something we actually find beautiful as humans, really beautiful? Is it something that touches us? Yeah, it's interesting that you said that. Because primarily everything that we're focusing on right now in culture is pleasure driven and it's short lived. You know, anything that you're seeking or desiring within the context of time is going to be pleasure driven because it's not eternal. You know, you're striving for something that's short lived money, power, fame, material beauty, youth, all of these things pass with time. 
and the more you try and grab onto it or cling to it, the more it's going to pass by. So I think that just this cultural obsession with these forms of desire fall under time and anything which is encompassed by time then becomes this non-eternal aspect of it. Whereas when you are seeking or creating beauty that does fall under values that uphold your inner self, when you're pursuing from a place of love or creativity, joy, meaning, true beauty with a higher vision of life, and that automatically becomes harmonious with the eternal. And so even if you look at architectural examples like the Sistine Chapel, the Taj Mahal, why are these forms of architecture so drawing to us? They speak to us on a conscious level and they really connect us is because these are forms of creation of art that transcend our physical reality and connect with the more subtle parts of us on a soul level. And that's actually the eternal quality of beauty that also exists. How do you think um, this, this connection to consciousness that's expressed in architecture, in art, in fashion? You worked in the fashion industry. What did you observe there? And where could you see, okay, this is a kind of fashion beauty connecting with an inner part? And what is beauty that's like fast fashion and doesn't speak to us on a deeper level. Personally, I felt that in order to seek beauty meant to live with suffering. And where does that come from? It comes from desire. And I always, always felt that desire was a dirty word because it's focused on pleasure, you know, just like short-term quick gains. But I think more when I learned about the true meaning of beauty, I also understood that beauty comes from desire. And actually, desire is very natural. Every cell in our body wants to thrive. Our heart wants to beat. Our blood wants to flow. It's, you know, it's desire is the circle of life. And we can't move away from that circle if we want to strive to be nourished because it's our innate need or that quality that brings our ability to thrive for security, vitality, joy, love, inner peace. All of this comes from desire as well. I feel like this realization was really eye-opening just in terms of desire because if I look at the fashion world, a lot of the people do have that lens where they're looking at it saying that, okay, it's just to fulfill your desires. But actually, if you're even, you know, considering the deeper aspects of fashion, it's a way to express your inner or cosmic body through the material world by what you're adorning yourself with, by what you're wearing. So there is an interconnectedness, even in terms of fashion, because you're using the material aspect of your reality to express your inner or spiritual counterparts. And that's really the connection between fashion, but I feel like this is so lost right now with mass production and the way things are created. There's a certain ugliness to it. 
and why i say ugly is because it's not made with the intention of love again that goes back into the material aspect of it being within time everything that is short lived so that it's creating suffering through consumerism and yeah you know i feel like that's where the loop is right now in terms of fashion we've really gone astray from the eternal way of actually creating it's just being produced at a level where i don't think we even have the time to pause and really acknowledge the art or whatever that's being created yeah i feel like that's really the state of things especially in terms of beauty and fashion and the correlation between that You've lived in so many places in the world. It's uh, from uh, Singapore and London and Lagos, and you worked in Paris and in Hong Kong, and uh, now you live in Delhi in India. If you look at at a deeper level of culture, do you see there are huge differences globally, or do you think we have a shared sense of what beauty is as humans? I definitely think if you're looking at it from that lens of it being the material beauty then that is being expressed in different ways and forms of course through all of these different traditions but in its essence of the creation of it there's also a heart and a soul that is universal and it transcends wherever you are and so I think that there's definitely that it could be even expressed in terms of the joy or love created from the food that they're making or even if it's a print in the textile that's so native to their land and i think that all of those things although a part of a local culture can actually speak to anyone from anywhere because of just the meaning in which it's been created with so i definitely see that and deepak chopra said to think is to practice brain chemistry and it rings so true to me because i definitely feel so our material body is a representation of our cosmic body and this was actually also a part of some research that i came across it was by this professor called john steven torde it was on symbiogenesis and solving the missing link between physics and evolution and basically the research proved how we are all actually physical representations of our cosmic bodies which exists and similarly in terms of beauty as well if we're looking at just how culture is looking at beauty we're trying to get rhinoplasties and you know all of these different types of cosmetic surgeries done to enhance the physical appearance of things but that's only looking at parts of the body beauty is not about dissection or looking at one part or the other it's really about encompassing the whole and when you're able to really look at the entirety of it i feel like your skin is a really good representation of your mental health and even your breath can tell you so much about how you're feeling 
So all of these external ways in which you're engaging are actually just mirrors of what's going on internally. And even in terms of our fulfillment of needs, what we're really looking to fulfill is to really make ourselves whole. So even when with this desire, when we're seeking security, vitality, joy, love, they all actually come from the desire to be whole. And that is the only way that you can be fulfilled. And that is really the true expression of beauty is when you are also creating with that sense of fulfillment or to be fulfilled. currently work for Paro Botanica, which is a brand that is in some way in the wellness and beauty industry, but basically it's fueled by Ayurvedic philosophy. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So Botanica is a category as part of Paro. It's a very unique offering because Paro as a brand was born out of the Vedic philosophy but Botanica specifically does take inspiration from Ayurveda but it's also contextualized within our modern life and even in terms of the fragrance and the feel and everything about the offering specifically is also created for a ritual and I think that the practice or the idea of doing a ritual in itself is out of self-love. And when you're able to really, you know, create that space for yourself or give yourself that time to actually say, okay, this is what I'm doing in order to show or express love for myself. Through that practice of ritual, in a way, it becomes sacred because you're also doing it to serve your higher consciousness. And it's not coming from a place of lack or fear where you're saying that, oh no, I should use this so I don't get this wrinkle. We're not necessarily creating something from a place that comes from fear but it's more to honor your skin and your natural body as it is and also to help you find that love or joy within yourself and appreciate those aspects of yourself in all its natural beauty which is not necessarily mechanically perfect or completely symmetrical and to embrace and accept all of the parts of you. And so, yeah, the ritual as a process really inculcates self-love. And when you're able to really love yourself, you can share that with the world around you because that's the only way you'll be able to love the world around you is when you can love yourself. So I think that's also an aspect of beauty when you're able to honor it and also be able to create a space for it, then you're also sharing that with everyone around you. 
I think this even comes down to working. For example, if you're walking and you're creating a sandal and, you know, there's just there's so much passion or love for this sandal that you really want to make. And it's process even becomes meditative because you're creating from this place of pure love and wanting to share that which is inside you out into the world of forms and then that gets translated into the creation of this sandal which then will embody your intention within it I feel like if we actually were able to create an economy that really focused on our personal desires to actually create beauty, then we wouldn't necessarily find ourselves in the place that we're in right now. And we would all just be creating gifts of love and share that with each other. And I think that that in itself is telling of how intention really matters and can make a difference. Shifting into the question of uh, economy and also how business is being done. And we could see business as something beautiful and, and a way of expressing ourselves and our lives and Uh, something that can effectively be very beneficial for all of us. Beauty could be a game changer in, in the way we look at work, we look at leadership, we look at production, we look at um, our whole economy. Even in terms of the process of whatever you're creating, it's not necessarily with an intention to get something because you're so focused on the process of creation itself that that becomes the joy of it. And inherently, we are all artists because we all have imaginations. Humans as a species are gifted with an imagination. And so we have this innate ability to create. And when we're creating out of a place for material desire, then we're also being extractive, not only of people, but also of the earth. And I think that's, you know, that's fundamentally very telling about how things are going right now. And I feel like if we're really able to see the nuance behind being able to create something from a place of expressing our true selves, then we're also able to create an economy that's based around that. And then it's not going to be extractive because we will be more aware of what we're creating. And anything that comes from our true self isn't associated with fear or lack. Our true nature is also a part of the natural cycle of life and in complete harmony with nature. It's proven even in Ayurveda, when you eat something that has been industrialized to be created, that is the intention or energy in which that plant or animal has been grown. And when you're consuming that, you're also consuming that energy. Everything is energy. So what you even ingest in terms of your food, it definitely also reflects into your body and your state of being. And so there's definitely circles of processes within nature that we've clearly broken. And I think that there are ways to start 
to acknowledging that there are a lot of people who are doing a lot of interesting work in this area now and it is getting more awareness and there are different ways of also inculcating these regenerative models where we are able to create something that's more reciprocal to our world but yeah i'm just curious to see how things play out and i really do want there to be some level of leadership acknowledging the state of things and really being able to be firm in accepting that okay this might cause financial gain but at what cost and i think that our value system really needs to be shifted in order for that realization to occur I felt that there's so much suffering around and that beauty is like an extra perk or additional or something that comes with privilege. There were all of these connotations of beauty that I held, but then I realized that beauty is actually it's for everyone and there's aspects of it that are born out of suffering because in the Vedic wisdom they say that suffering is the fire of purification. and when you're able to purify the suffering then what is left is pure consciousness and i feel like there are only awakenings through suffering but what's scary is having people be in i'm going to say zombie states where they've accepted suffering as a way of life and to that i would say that the only thing that can really save the world is beauty because that's the way you can penetrate into being able to touch someone on a soul level by showing them the beauty and joy and true creativity that can come from living as your true self this definitely also needs to be inculcated from you know companies within their workplace in terms of their philosophy or their work culture because a lot of the work culture right now is coming from this place of like I'm only going to promote you if you do your work well or you're only going to get that raise if you perform in this way. So it's very transactional. We're not even looking at people as people anymore. We're looking at them as machines. That's actually where most of the suffering comes from because we're not acknowledging the soul the ability to create that actually resides inside all of those people who are working and just the complete disregard for a human behind that person is i think just the state of the economy that we actually live in now because we're so focused on numbers we're not focused on people we're actually just focused on metrics and that comes from the intellect I think that's where that connection has been severed because we're so focused on the intellect where we've lost our intuition. 
and intuition is actually where we're able to connect with consciousness and our higher way of being and to all of these eternal truths and these values whereas when we're focused on the intellect it's again we're looking at parts of the problem even if you look at science we've only been able to dissect things we have microscopes to look at things deeper in order to see what they are so we're looking at parts but we've never been able to look at the whole universe and we still don't know what else exists we don't know the whole of anything and that's always a mystery so there are things that are beyond our logical mind that exist which we fail to acknowledge fully because we're not able to make sense of it and anything that we're not able to make sense of we push away or dismiss because we're scared of it that's actually the intellect the ego that is scared to acknowledge and afraid to live with the mystery of life and i think that the only way that science can really progress is when we're able to acknowledge the immaterial aspects of life acknowledge all of the mysteries of life acknowledge the soul acknowledge consciousness acknowledge that every material form has consciousness and i think that we are getting to that level now there's so many scientists that have been able to look at these things through quantum physics so i feel like we're somewhat getting there but yeah it's interesting to see that maybe this is also the evolution of us as humans for us to go and really explore our imaginations through the power of intellect knowing what it's capable of doing then also coming back to our eternal selves as embracing intuition and also then using the intellect as a tool and not being a slave to it but using it as a tool to create something better for the world for people listening to this what would be your message you want to give them if they say you know i i long for more beauty in in my life and harmony and creativity and what what does that really mean in in everyday life in your everyday life what can you tell them firstly be curious because i think that curiosity is an expression of desire as well and to be curious about your life about things around you is the first step to awareness by being curious you're then acknowledging things and yeah and then through awareness then you're able to also understand your relation to the universe and i feel like through that then you're able to really find your place within the world and also be curious just ask yourself why am i doing what i'm doing is what i'm creating fulfilling does it speak to my true self does this resonate you know just do things and maybe keep asking yourself while you're doing them does this resonate does this resonate your body can tell you so much if you're open to listening to it your consciousness is you know it's always going to respond whenever you ask it anything and it's always accessible i feel like people don't think it is so of course there's meditation and different techniques to be able to build that connection with your intuition but you are your highest consciousness itself so in being able to also ask yourself these questions you actually have all the answers already 
you know everything in actuality but it's our intellect that clings to these belief systems or conceptual prisons that we've learned and picked up in our lives but in actuality our consciousness knows everything the moment you get curious then you're able to really come from a place of honest creativity i think that's my message because when you're creating from an honest place then you're automatically creating beauty and beauty is not an end goal it's just a byproduct you can't get beauty but you can be beautiful so whatever you're creating with an intention from your highest self whether it's vitality or joy or love then beauty will automatically be a byproduct of that so yeah that's my message yeah i think That's enough for now. It was a lot. Thank you very much for this conversation. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I Thank learned you. a lot from you again, like always. <laughs> And, uh, Thank yeah. you, Julia. So, yeah, thanks so much for having me. 